Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. I have the privilege of working with a lot of senior leaders and owners of organizations. And recently I was sitting in a room with 12 owners of companies, 12 different companies, and I had the opportunity to update them uh, on what I've been doing, the new initiatives that I'm launching, some of the new research that I've been looking into, and just a variety of, of new things for this new year, I received a lot of really, really good feedback from that group of people and how to improve my new offerings. And I really used those folks as a sounding board to say, what do you think about this? Or, or how about this approach? Or, or really, what's important to you? And if I could only ask them one question, that would be the question that I would ask. Now, Knowing that group like I have for several years, some longer than others, um, you know, we're very open with each other, and I really appreciate that. They're very transparent. They're very truthful, sometimes direct to the point of being brutally direct, but that's okay. Uh, I can handle that. And really, it's in those moments that you get really, really good feedback. And it may not always be what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. And I've learned that over the years. I used to be more thin-skinned. Basically, do you know know what the difference is between thin-skinned and thick-skinned? Well, I'm not going to go into all of that, but I think one element of that is how good are your emotional intelligence skills when somebody tells you something that sets you off or triggers you, how do you handle it? Well, the better your emotional intelligence skills are, the less those emotional triggers are going to derail you or make you defensive or deflect what other people are saying or simply just not listen to them. I've learned that listening to that very direct feedback is important. And that's why, and it came completely out of the blue, when one of those owners looked at me and said, Steve, I've known you for years, but I still don't understand the value of emotional intelligence. And a few of the others kind of nodded their heads, and that's okay. So I asked them a question. How valuable would it be to you to be able to reduce the noise in your lives, the constant demands on your time, your focus, and your energy. That was my question to them. And it was interesting because in that moment, a light bulb came on for several of those owners. I don't know that they really understand everything better now, but they saw a pathway to a problem that they have that they didn't realize that pathway even existed. 
And they ask, how can that happen though? And this is a fair question. How can that happen since they can't ignore their emails, their phone calls, their text messages, their demands from employees and family members? And and I agree, no, you can't ignore those. But here was my response to them. It is not about reducing the volume of all of these things. It's about better navigating these different avenues of input and the emotions that they trigger because it's the emotional drivers that are the key to making your choices whether you either react or respond. Now, in this context, responding is better. It's being more intentional. It's thinking things through. It's thinking about how do I get a better outcome instead of just being triggered and reacting. And I'm sure if we all thought about this, there are times in our lives where we could wish we could take a moment back. Somebody triggered us. We immediately reacted. We may have shouted. We may have said something we shouldn't have said or regret saying. We took an action we shouldn't have, something. And that is literally allowing your emotions, your emotional drivers, to rule your decisions and actions. And that's not really what emotional intelligence is. Actually, that's the opposite of emotional intelligence. So here's what we know. In today's fast-paced world, the constant barrage of emails, social media notifications, phone calls, work demands, and family obligations can just sometimes feel overwhelming. No wonder 53% of all leaders and managers in the U.S. workforce are currently in some stage of burnout. And that's a very serious thing. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, when I talk about burnout, I want people to under, understand how serious that is. It is not something to blow off. It's not something you just, oh, I'll just press through this. I'll just, I'll just tough it out. When you're in burnout, that's a, that's a pretty serious situation. But what are the root causes of burnout? And what I'm talking about right here, all of the noise in our lives from all of these different avenues that are coming at us, all of this input, did you know that we get more input in one day than our grandparents got in an entire year? Our brains haven't changed that much. So no wonder people are struggling to keep up. And the pace of change is not going to slow down. So this is where emotional intelligence becomes a really vital tool uh, or skill set. By harnessing emotional intelligence, we can navigate through the noise. And if we can navigate through the noise better, that's going to lead to increased productivity, a more enjoyable life, and simply more satisfaction and accomplishment at work. And I think that's what we want. Now, I'm sure you've heard about emotional intelligence, and you may 
have studied it. You may have researched it. You may have taken an EQ assessment. You may have done your own work already. But I think it's good that we take a minute for everybody who's listening and talk about how do we understand what emotional intelligence is and what it can do for us. At its core, it involves self-awareness, self-regulation, or what some call self-management, motivation, empathy, and social skills. It's about recognizing and understanding your emotions and those of other people and using this awareness to manage your behavior and relationships more effectively. That's a very important skill set to have in our world today. Well, let's start with self-awareness, because that's really where emotional intelligence starts. Self-awareness is the foundation. It's about understanding your emotions, your strengths, your weaknesses, and the impact of your actions. And it isn't just understanding yourself, it's also understanding how the way that you're showing up impacts other people. And that self-awareness is critical if you are in any way trying to influence others, collaborate with others, build relationships, which basically is all of us, right? And even leadership. We're all leaders. We lead ourselves first, and then we learn to lead other people. So emotional intelligence skills, specifically the the larger focus of self-awareness, is where things need to start. It's a foundation, but it's also what we build on. We need to understand our, our triggers. We need to understand what happens when we're in the midst of a difficult situation maybe even a conflict, how often do we fall back on reacting versus responding? And that's one of the big parts of self-awareness as a focus that we can really start to understand ourselves better and how we operate in different situations. And once you're aware of your emotions in those different situations, self-regulation then comes into play. Now, this involves controlling or redirecting your disruptive emotions and adapting to changing circumstances. Those are two really important things, and I want to take a minute to reemphasize those. Redirecting our disruptive emotions. A lot of people will say there's no room in the workplace for emotions. I've had this conversation more times than I can count with senior leaders and and business owners. And the reality is that is absolutely wrong. And let me explain what I mean by that. If you take all emotion out of the workplace, your engagement levels for employees will drop to nothing. Why? Because what are emotions that drive engagement? satisfaction, a feeling of accomplishment, uh, excitement, inspiration. You can just start to understand how many emotions are so positive in their impact in the workplace. What we do want to do, though, is we want to redirect 
emotions that can be disruptive or create dissonance in the workplace. So for instance, if constant email notifications are driving you crazy and causing you stress, you could use your self-regulation and then just schedule specific times to check your emails rather than reacting to every alert. And this one is so close to home for me because I used to be that guy where I was every email that came through, I immediately looked at it and what was it and how important is it? And, oh, I got to respond right now. Well, if you do that, you won't get much done in a day. It'll drive you crazy. I don't know how many emails you get. You know what the average email is for the leaders that I work with? And I don't know if this is, you know, across the board right number, but somewhere between 200 and 300 emails a day is the average that I'm seeing. That's a lot of emails. And that doesn't count texting or in-house messaging or phone calls or any other disruptions. That's just emails. So that's one example of how self-regulation can help us. So let's move on to motivation. Internal motivation is what we're talking about here. It's another component of emotional intelligence. It goes beyond money or status. That, those are external motivators. And those are notoriously unreliable as motivators. They just don't last very long. And they don't give any kind of serious motivation for any length of time. So... Internal motivation is about aligning our work and our life with our values and our goals. Somebody said recently, and I'm not sure I remember who it is, but they said recently, um, what you believe about yourself and your place in the world is going to ignite your passion. You know, the what you believe to be true is going to is going to generate passion about things in your life. And I think if you think about that, it's probably true. Things that you're really passionate about probably tie directly to some value or belief that you have that is important to you. So by staying motivated through this process, you're actually choosing to generate internal motivation because of a greater purpose that you are that you're trying to achieve. And you can navigate through daily distractions of social skills, which are two other major areas of focus for emotional intelligence. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. And in a noisy world, this means being able to step into someone else's shoes and see things from their perspectives and really even feel what they're feeling at times. For example, understanding a colleague's stress can help in responding appropriately rather than just adding to their burden. And that's where the difference between responding and reacting is so important, especially if you're a leader. If you allow yourself to just react when somebody's already stressed already doing the best they can because you're triggered, that's just going to make things worse. Now, social skills 
in emotional intelligence are about managing relationships, building networks, and navigating the social complexities that, that we see every day. Good social skills enable you to communicate effectively, reducing misunderstandings and navigating conflict better. Uh, and those things, if you think about it, misunderstandings and conflict and, and dissonance and disruption and distractions, those are just things that multiply the amount of noise in your life. So now we need to think about how do we put this into practice? So here's some things you can do. And whether you resonate with these or not, that's up to you. The first thing, a lot of people are talking about mindfulness. Uh, I used to call it meditation. And I'm not talking about some new age, age meditation kind of thing or, or some weird you know, kind of odd thing here. This is just taking the time to be fully present, engaged in the here and now, and thinking through what's going on so that you can take the time to allow your brain to process the information, process the situation. It helps in recognizing and accepting your current emotions. And here's the key, without judgment. I want you to think of how many times you go through a specific situation that you then judge yourself. You're probably your own worst critic. You know, oh, that was stupid. Why did I do that? Or, oh my gosh, I wish I could take that back. That's judgment. And that is coming out of the triggered emotions that come out of something we did that didn't have the right outcome or didn't have the best outcome, or maybe we weren't intentional enough about that. So what can you do? Take a deep breath. Take a few deep breaths for that matter. Meditate a little bit on what's going on. Think it through. Apply consequential thinking. Uh, or even take a walk. Just step away and take a walk for a little bit. And, and try to stay grounded in what's important even amid the chaos. Here's another thing you can do. Journaling for self-reflection. And I have found this, I am not a journaler, but I have found this very helpful. I would prefer not to journal, but there are times, especially higher stress times, when I find doing that makes me slow down, makes me write down what I'm thinking, doing, and helps me to better navigate all the stuff that's going on. Regular journaling can enhance your self-awareness as well, which is a real plus. Writing about your day, your feelings, uh, and reactions, you can uncover patterns, and that is a competency of emotional intelligence, recognizing patterns. If you uncover those patterns and those triggers, it helps you to manage them more effectively going forward. And I think that just makes a lot of good sense. So the next thing you can do is, and this is an important one, and you've heard this, I'm sure, but really think about this. Set boundaries. Learn to say no. It took me a long time to learn to say no, and it's mostly because I wanted everybody to like me, 
and I wanted to be everybody's friend and I wanted to and I really wanted to help everybody as much as I possibly could but number 1 that's not possible and number 2 it, it doesn't leave any time for yourself it didn't leave a lot of time for me to do things I needed to do setting boundaries is crucial in managing demands from work and family it's about knowing your limits and I think that's an important thing to take a moment and think about. It's okay to understand that you have limitations. Everybody has limitations. We're not all professional football players. We're not all concert pianists. But I bet you something you're good at, they're not good at. So we all have a unique set of limitations, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to shy away from. As a matter of fact, the more you understand that, the better off you're going to be. It adds to your self-awareness, but it also adds to your ability to be self-regulating and to have really good social skills. By the way, it's okay to communicate your limitations to other people. And it could be something as simple as, I would love to help you with that. But the reality is I have no spare time, focus, or energy for anything else right now and probably won't for the next month or two. There's nothing wrong with saying that. You say it to them respectfully. You don't just say, no, I'm not going to do that for you. I mean, what, you could read all kinds of things in, into that statement. So here's another thing. Develop active listening skills. Active listening involves fully concentrating, understanding, responding, and then remembering what is being said so that the next time it comes up, you remember that conversation. This skill can help you cut through the noise in conversations, ensuring more meaningful and efficient communication. Have you ever been in a situation where you're going, oh my gosh, this is the same exact conversation we've had the last three times we talked about this thing. I think we've all been there. I know I have, and I know other people I've talked to have. Well, maybe by practicing active listening, we can enhance the communication we have for better outcomes and to keep it more efficient so we're not going over the same ground over and over and over. And here's another thing you can do, another way to practically use emotional intelligence to help you cut through the noise. Empathy in action is what I call it. Put yourself in other shoes first, especially if it's a conflict potential situation. And this can reduce misunderstandings and create a more harmonious environment, both at work and at home. And I'm going to be honest about this. When I was young, between my wife and I, it was more important for me to be right than it was for us to come to an agreement and to work something through, which is stupid and immature. And, I, and I'll fully admit that. Thankfully, I've matured. And thankfully, I have emotional intelligence skills now and, and a lot of life behind me to help. But that's the kind of thing that gets in the way. 
if we don't practice empathy, and I see very, very successful people in their work who really struggle at home and with other more personal relationships, and this is a big part of it, a lack of practice of empathy. And here's another one. Get some feedback. Maybe it's a 360 feedback from people. Maybe it's just people you trust that can give you good, honest feedback. Receiving feedback from peers, supervisors, subordinates, even family members, and people that know you well can provide insights into your emotional strengths and areas that you might need improvement. And here's the last one I'll focus on. And this is a big one. Continuous learning. Engaging in courses, workshops on emotional intelligence can provide deeper insights and practical tools to enhance your emotional intelligence skills. And I've created courses specifically utilizing emotional intelligence skills in personal life and in business. Uh, There are other people who have as well. And these, if I could encourage you in any way, in your ongoing learning and development process, please, please include emotional intelligence skill development. It will help you more than any other single skill set, no matter who you are, no matter what your job is, no matter what your situation is. So what are the benefits of all of this? Why should anybody do this? Well, by applying emotional intelligence, you're going to find some some really interesting things and good things that happen. You're better able to concentrate and be productive. Stress and anxiety levels are going to go down. Relationships at work and at home will improve. You'll be better equipped to handle change and adversity, and that's a big one in our world today. And your overall satisfaction and enjoyment of life and your work is going to increase. You're going to be more satisfied. You're going to accomplish more. So back to answering that question uh, of how do we cut through the noise because we can't just ignore our emails and phone calls and texts and all of that. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. Cutting through the noise is not about eliminating the sounds around you It's about tuning your emotional intelligence to better manage and respond to these sounds effectively. You can cut through the noise if you choose to. By developing and applying emotional intelligence skills, you can navigate the complexities of modern life with greater ease, leading to enhanced productivity, better relationships, and a more fulfilling life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.